tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social Conversations. It's time for Mindful Wednesdays with uh, Africa's number one inspirational keynote speaker and organizational effectiveness specialist and author, Billy Siligane. A warm welcome to you, Billy. Hey, good evening, ma'am, and good evening to your listeners. Always a great pleasure having you, especially because today we're talking about the secret to living a fulfilled longer life. I mean, when people wake up in the morning, we always, you know, have something that drives us or something that demotivates us. And at most times, we would all love to wake up feeling motivated and feeling, you know, like there's purpose in my life and I want to move forward so I can be fulfilled. So you're talking to us today about a Japanese concept called Ikigai. Tell us about it, please. Hi, yes. Good evening. Well, uh, this is a very powerful concept that has now become quite a uh, topical in recent years, but it's, a, it's an old concept which uh, was discovered in, uh, in, in a part of Japan uh, when there, there's, there's a lot of debate around it, but I'll get to that. It was discovered in a place called Okinawa. Now, Okinawa is one of what is called blue zones. Now, blue zones are places where you find a lot of centennials, people that live over 100, you know. And, and so far, there are five of them around the world. There's one called Luma Linda, which is in California. There's one in Costa Rica called Nicoya. There's one in Italy called Sardinia. There's one in Greece called Ikaria. And the Okinawan one, which is the probably the, the Japanese and the Greek and the Italians, these three should be the oldest of all of them. Now, what, what happened in, in Okinawa was people were living happier, longer lives. And, and, and people became curious and started to ask themselves, why particularly in this area? Is it the food? Is it the climate? You know, people started becoming interested in doing a research around that. And they found that these guys had camped or come up with this concept called the Ikigai. Now, the fascinating thing about this concept is a lot of people like, you know, now because it's very topical, people, it has, it has been fused and it's been used and, you know, being spoken about. But what it actually means it's two words. It's Iki and Kai, but we call it Ikigai. You know, the word Iki uh, talks about basically, you know, life. It talks about the present. And if you look at uh, the, the combination of the two, it comes from, uh, it's written in Hiragana, which is a Japanese phonetic syllabary. syllabary. So it's, it's a particular way that Japanese write their language. So if you look at the word, it's called iki, it means life, and kai is a suffix meaning the realization of one of what one expects and hopes for, you know. Now, if you go deeper, because you go to understand the origin of, the, of this term and, and the concepts, when I break it down, you can understand it. Now, if you, if you were to go through uh, Japanese dictionaries and really try and find out what this means, there's a, there's a concept or a term that is explained in this fashion, Ikiru Hairi Yorokobi Miyate. What this means, it means something to live for the joy and goal of living. And then they've got another, another different expression of the same thing, where they say, Ikite Iru Dake Noneichi, Ikite Inu Kofiri Rieki. And what this translates to is a life worth living, the happiness and the benefits of being alive. Now, this is the foundation 
of this concept. But what really these people found out in this blue zone in Okinawa was that these people not only lived longer lives, but they lived happier lives and very fulfilled lives. And these were not people that were multimillionaires and that had a lot of possession, that had bigger houses. As you know, Japan, that was smaller houses, they live more externally than they do internally. But what we found out really got these people to get to this uh, ikigai was they, they would ask themselves four profound questions about anything that they wanted to do in their lives. The first question that they would ask is, what is it that I love doing? You know, and this is a deep question. And when you ask yourself this question, what is it that I love doing? Which means you're not putting the monetary benefit first. You're putting your own personal satisfaction first. And say, what is it that I love doing? Okay? If I love gardening, if I love caring for animals, if I love mechanics, if I love woodwork, you know, if I love singing, if I love composing. So that's the question that they ask themselves. What is it that I love doing? And the second question is, you can love something but not be good at it. You know, somebody might say, once in a while I'd like to plant trees, once in a while I'd like to prune the garden, once in a while I'd like to cook. But then the second question becomes, are you good at it? And if you're not good at it, then it means you really don't love it. It's something that you like. There's a difference between something that you like doing and something that you love doing. Because the thing that you like doing, you do it very peripherally, which means it can stop any time. But the thing that you love doing, you want to become exceptionally good at. So you do a deep dive at this particular thing. And once I've explained this concept, we'll then take human examples and, and walk them through the process. So the first question, what is it that you love doing? The second question is, are you good at it? Are you good at this thing that you love doing? So it makes uh, big sense that uh, we answer these questions for ourselves, especially in these uh, perilous times where we are yeah. faced with so many challenges. Um, yeah. For us to be able to move forward, right, internally as individuals, that's the moving forward I'm talking about here because yeah. Ikigai is about self. Yeah. So once I've answered these questions, what do I like doing? What no, am no, I no, good what at? Do what, what do I love? What do I love doing and what no. am I good at? Yes. And I've no, 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 this. no, no, yeah? What do I love doing? Yeah. That's the first question. Number two, are you good at this thing that you love doing? Okay, so I love doing X and I'm yeah. good at X. All right. Then now, what? Now we ask the third question. Does the world need this thing that you love doing? Hmm. Or is it just a frivolous thing or it makes no, no meaning to anybody? Now, this is, this, is, this is the big question. Does the world need what you love doing and what you're good at? Now, the last question, which sadly people ask first, can I monetize this? Can I be paid for it? Can I make a living out of it? Can I feed my family? You know, can I, can I build a, a nest egg for myself when I'm at an age where I cannot do this thing that I love doing? So these are the four questions. Now, they say in the intersection of these questions, where all these questions meet, in the affirmation, in the yes, Yes, this is what I love doing. Yes, I'm exceptionally good at it. Yes, that's what the world needs. And yes, that's what I get paid for. And the intersection of that then becomes the Ikigai so that when you do this thing, you do it with no effort at all because you have satisfied the four critical questions that each one of us needs to consistently ask ourselves based on what we're doing. Now, here's the beauty. Every 
the research has gone further, you know, away from Okinawa into other places of the world. And they have realized that the consequence, the last question of can it, can it be monetized, has become, the, the, the monetization has become the greatest reward unintentionally, not intentionally. So let me give an example. Let's look at the, the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus. Now, their ikigai was inspired by their father. Okay? Their father had the love for tennis, inspired this love for tennis for his kids. And the kids fell in love with tennis. And what do they do? They practice like you could not believe it because they wanted to be very good at this thing that they love. Does the world need it? There's so much money in the tennis game. We know how much money they're worth now. And are they getting paid for it? They're getting paid off and on the tennis court because they have fulfilled the four questions. The last part, and, I, and it's a fascinating thing, uh, because people always ask the first question, I need to make money. That's what people say. You know, a lot of people say, hey, forget the malice, malice. And I'm thinking, chief, why do you want to make money? And when you ask somebody the question, why, they say, oh, what do you mean why? Everybody wants to make money. I said, no, no, I'm talking about you. You're talking to me individually. Let's not be you know, think and operate collectively. Let's talk about you. And most people cannot tell you why they want to make money. Look, uh, someone was telling me today that um, no matter how much money you have in South Africa uh, right now, there's no fuel in the petrol stations. <laughs> there are no shops open for you. There are no malls available for you to go and do your shopping sprees. So your money, I accept So, yeah. Perhaps that purpose and that passion and the ikigai is what we need. Yes, actually, we, 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 we now want to have to reverse engineer ourselves as a nation because these are the questions that we, 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 we failed to ask ourselves very early on as we were rebuilding the rainbow nation, the supposedly rainbow nation. So I think as a nation, uh, we need to begin from the very fundamental of saying what is the vision for this nation. I don't think we have it clearly defined, clearly spoken about, and clearly passionate about vision. I don't know. Maybe you know what I don't know. But the last time I checked, this nation doesn't have a vision. We've got a plan called the NDP, which, by the way, has fallen apart. Because even when this plan was put together, not everybody was in, was engaged. It was, you know, as it always goes. Clever people sit in a room and they think they're not better than people that are in the room. And they come up with ideas that don't work very well for people who are not in the room. So as a nation, we, we're late. But we can still begin. I think what is happening, now we're going to go a bit off topic, but we're still in topic. I think COVID came and dematerialized things and blah, blah, blah. And now this thing happened, that, is, that has happened. And people are going, oh, this is going crazy, whatever. And for me, there's a confirmation that we must always look back. Society must stop believing that politicians are going to find solutions for them because the politicians are the problems. So, for us to find our own individual ikigai, the nation has to reawaken itself in the sense that we need better social engineers. When I'm saying social engineers, I'm saying people that can engineer our society to think differently, act differently, and be different. And sadly, we have all seen now and anybody that needs more proof, I don't know where you come from. We have seen that the politicians are the problems of this country. It's not the people of this country.
the people are the byproduct of the problems that the politicians have caused. A-teamers, we are talking to Belisa Ligane and uh, we are talking Mindful Wednesdays, the Ikigai, the secret to living a fulfilled life. We'd love to hear from you. Have you fi- found your purpose? Have you found what you love doing? Have you um, determined whether you're good at it or not? Are you able to monetize it? That's what Billy is asking in order for you to get to that uh, state of uh, Ikigai. Call in. On zero one one seven one four two double zero six, and uh, tell us uh, where you found your ikigai and how and what the journey was like, or perhaps you have questions around it. You can also WhatsApp zero six one four one zero four one zero seven or SMS four one three nine one. Billy, yes, it is very important for us, uh, especially in these uh, trying times, to be a nation of. A nation that's together, but as individuals, take accountability and start finding ourselves and start finding what fulfills us so our lives can be more fulfilled and then we can spread it to the rest of our society. So let's go through the steps now of making sure that we tune our minds into that right frequency. Yeah, so now remember there are four questions that you ask yourself. Now... When you take these four questions, when you look at what is it that you love and what is it that the world needs, when you look at them, those two questions individually, it gives you what we call a mission. You have a mission. You know, This is what I love doing and it's what the world needs and it becomes a mission. And a mission usually is never monetary driven. Okay? And if we look at what the world needs and what you can get paid for, that gives you a vocation. You know, and if you look at that which can be paid for and that which you are good at, then it becomes a profession. You know, so people get paid for becoming professional soccer and professional tennis players. And what you get, what you're good at and what you love becomes passion. But mission, vocation, profession and passion is not sustainable on, on its own, you know. You, you cannot become a, an, an altruist consistently without making any money, feeding yourself, you become hungry. And you cannot be just a vocational person, nor just say, I'm, I'm going to just study accountants and I'm going to be a professional person, I'm going to be paid for accounting, but I hate it. I don't like it, but I'm told people get paid a lot of money, I've got a good brain and I'm going to do it. That's what we find ourselves in, in a lot of places where people, no matter how much they get paid, they still feel a sense of emptiness because they pursued something which was not in tune or in flow with who essentially they are. Because the ikigai gets you in this flow. And when you are in flow, you're living in a world of least effort. You're not struggling. You're not pushing against the current. You're not cracking your head. Everything happens effortlessly. And if you go back and look at in the soccer world, this is everywhere in music, in soccer, in, in, in dancing, in all the people that become truly uh, free to express their gifts to the world in a way that it becomes so admirable, most of these people have, 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 have found their ikigai. In, you know, if, if you look at, I mean, I'm a great student of Michael Jackson. I, I mean, you know, and when I tell people about Michael Jackson in a way that I have studied him, it, it, most of the time they get surprised. You know, one of the most powerful things that I, you know, it's a video. I'm sure you guys can go and watch it. 
the last video that Michael Jackson was where they were preparing for that uh, uh, world tour that never happened. This is it. There's a time in that video where they're they are rehearsing this show. You know, this is what's going to happen. The lights are going to happen. Now, there's a time when Michael Jackson would be in, in a hole below the stage and he's supposed to come to the stage at a particular time. And Tony Ortega was the director, was, was, was his brain off stage. Michael, is going to be too dark, you know. How are we going to cue you? They needed to find a way that they could let him know that it was time for him to come. But his answer was quite amazing. He said, when it's my time for me to come, I will feel it. Now, when he said that, I paused it and I rewinded it many a times. And I realized that it's not somebody who's a, a, in a mission, a vocation, a profession, or a passion who can get to that level of saying, when it's my time to get on, I will feel that time. It is somebody that is operating at a very high vibration because their existence and, and the essence of their birth has been discovered. Their big why am I here has been discovered. And every day they live in that expression of the ikigai. Let me go to Jay, our A-teamer who's in Durban. Good evening, Jay. I hope you're keeping safe there. Absolutely. And I'm not in a Indian township as previously. And I'm so glad uh, all my uh, neighbors are of African origin from various parts of KZN and other, other parts of the country. And uh, I do, I, I feel very blessed that I'm in a place like this and uh, really looking at my friends and families and other neighborhoods where I came from, they are living more in fear than, uh, than mm. me. I keep getting calls throughout the day and they ask me how I'm doing. I said I'm fantastically well, but I'm very worried about you. But nevertheless, I think uh, God has a reason for everything. Honestly. Yes. Let's talk about yes. the topic at hand. The Issy guy. guy. And I thought he, his name was Billy. But now our producer said, no, it's Billy. It's Billy Silicane. Billy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, my Issy guy about a person, Greg, I would. Never, I'll never judge a person very quickly. I'd love to hear them. I love to listen to them and observe them and appreciate them for whatever they have. And then I realize, uh, you know, what is my weakness. And I draw strength out of that kind of a relationship. The other thing what I notice a lot with... Uh, you see, because I come out from an Indian cultural background, and I'm now with the African cultural with nine different language, ethnic people, I'm learning quite a lot. So to get the youngsters interested and occupied in, you know, uh, learning to or love gardening and plants and stuff like that, I tell them, right, earn some pocket money, and this is what I've got, a beautiful garden, and I want to upkeep it and all. You know, the first thing what they asked me, how much are you going to pay me? Right. I said, you know what? I don't even know how you would do this. Do you love doing it? Do you know this plant? Do you know that plant? 
let's get to see how you're going to do it. Do you love it? And I can, I, I can charge you. He said, no, 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 you, you pay me first. You, I, I want to see how much you're going to pay me. So I said, okay, if you do the work well and you show me you love it and you've got a passion for it, it's going to be an ongoing thing. No, it's not like that. So in other words, how do we instill this kind of an easy guy in a person? Whether you love doing it or you like doing it or you're doing it for a purpose you want to see of monetary value. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, at the end of the thing, I tell tell them, you can create your own garden and plant and sell those plants to earn your money. At the same time, you're working for me, you get money. So that's the kind of easy guy I want to bring out in everyone and... uh, I've learned, I learned a new word now. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, Jay. Thank you. Um, so, Billy, no, Jay asked the question, how do we get young people to get to their ikigai? Especially now when uh, things are tough, so opportunities are far and few in between. So how do we get them to a place where if something is brought to you as an opportunity, you, you make it work? I think uh, we need to be honest. We, we need to be brutally honest about what's happening now in the sense that a lot of the myths, like, like you've just said, you have we have money, the shops are closed, there's no food, you need to drive your car, there's no fuel. I think we need, we need, to, we need to teach our, our, our children the essence of, our, of values, you know? You know, how as, a human, as human beings, we are not separate entities, but we are interconnected. You know, the, the butterfly effect. When a butterfly flaps wings in Singapore, there can be a flood happening in Somali, you know. We need to teach them. We need to sit them down. And we need to remove ruthlessly hurry in their lives. You know, a lot of young people are in a hurry. We need to sit them down and tell them, listen, let's stop, let's stop the rush. Let's stop the rush. Let's sit down and listen to what the world is saying in the moment. And what the world is saying in the moment, it's asking us this deep question. Is every one of us truly living from the inside, not from the outside? Because living from the outside is you allow the circumstances and your eye looks at things, you wish for those things, you want those things, but what's inside of you? It's like now, you, you know, somebody who's a billionaire goes to a doctor tomorrow and the doctor says you've got cancer, you've got 14 days or six months to live. Those billions mean nothing anymore because you can't buy life, you know? So we've got to teach our young people that there's so much to life than rushing to life, you know. Very and true. There's just so much. And, and each and every one of us has been endowed with unbelievable gifts. And we owe it to this world to, to become the purveyors of goodness to others and to ourselves. See, as we close off, I'm going to read this SMS. It says, wow, says Pat, I did psychology as a second major at varsity. And because I couldn't further my studies on it, I vowed to use psychology to better my life. So there are young people who are taking the lemon and creating a lemonade for themselves. And that's Absolutely. a good thing. Billy, we need to round off now, but I'd love you to just give us contact details on where we can get in touch with you and we can perhaps sit and learn this uh, Japanese concept called Ikigai. You can go to my website, it's com. 
My email is pa at bilisilagani.com, Facebook at bilisilagani, Instagram bilisilagani underscore speaks, and LinkedIn bilisilagani. Excellent. Thank you so very much, Billy. Have a great evening and stay you safe. Too. Stay safe. Thank you, ma'am. It's Bye-bye. 11 o'clock, A-teamers. Let's go straight to the news with Greg Host. Good evening, Greg.